He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome in on this Monday. And um, had some rain today. It's uh, really kind of cool out there. It's uh, one of the coolest day we've had in quite some time. So that, that's very enjoyable. Um, and it looks like uh, we're rainless for the rest of this evening. I think there's another chance again tomorrow. But it was also the first day of school for thousands of uh, school children. My little grandson Hudson had his little chalkboard with uh, <laughs> held up in front of his house and. Early this morning, saying he wanted to grow up to be a pilot, which he's always been fascinated with airplanes. I mean, he hears one, he looks at it, goes airplane, <laughs> and uh, so that, that's exciting time for everybody going back to school. And uh, although I remember they didn't, we had kindergarten, but it wasn't anywhere near as elaborate as it is now. I think it was just the year before you went to the first grade. I do remember the first grade though. I, I went there for half a day. And I thought, well, that's that's enough of this. <laughs> They they broke for lunch and they were all lined up to go down to the cafeteria, and they went straight and I cut across the school grounds and went home. I said, "What are you doing home?" I said, "I gave it a shot, mom, till noon, but uh, <laughs> that dog don't hunt." Uh, she sent me back. I, later on, I enjoyed it because that was where all the action was, man. That's where all the kids were. I mean, I never understood when people wanted to uh, to skip school because I said. Well, where are you going to go? All the, everybody we know is in school. And uh, some of the guys want to go hang out in a pool hall. I, just, I never That was never appealing to me. And uh, I shot some pool, but that was just never a big activity. Uh, but anyway, congratulations to all the moms and dads who got their kids up, got them their new outfits, got everybody off to school today. It's 3 o'clock, so they'll be start to pick them up here pretty soon, hearing all the, the stories about the first day of school and how it was either great or not so great. So let's hope it was all a good day for everybody. Uh, really nice weekend. And uh, my sister, her husband came in from Texas and we got to spend some time with them and got to be with a bunch of friends over the weekend. It was just a, a very a delightful weekend. I went to Dyer's Burgers in Collierville, had um, uh, a burger, the Doc Burger, cheeseburger, with everything on it, and give me a tip. It's a, it's a, they don't tell you this, but it's a double cheeseburger. So don't order a double, because God knows what that would be. And order one basket of fries, because they bring in a basket of fries. is like a whole giant potato that's been cut up. But their fries are really, really good. And we got, uh, we got one uh, milkshake, old-fashioned milkshake, uh, just so we could all try it again. None of us had had one in a long time. Actually, bring it out in the old Sunday-looking little glass. It's kind of like a tulip-shaped glass, tall, and it had vanilla ice cream with a lot of looked like Nestle's chocolate poured in there. It was delicious. It really was. Uh, in fact, none of us could finish our burgers. We put them in the go box, took them home, and I squirreled them away in the outside refrigerator. So I'd go eat them last night around midnight. Also, this weekend I um, I smoked some ribs for the first time in uh, quite some time. My old smoker, uh, the element gave out, and so I got another one now, but thanks to my son-in-law who got a new one, so he willed the other one, which I was very pleased with. It's a, a master uh, 
um, say, Mr. Uh, it's an electric uh, smoker. I'm trying to think, master, master built. And it was the same kind I had before, but this is a much nicer one. It's all digital. The other one just kind of turned it to heat, and, and this has a little digital uh, display on it. You set the time, you set the temp, you set how long you want to cook. It's got a light in there, does everything. And uh, cooked them for about five hours, and they were just they were just delicious. So it's going to be back on the smoke wagon, as it, as it were. Uh, U.S. women's soccer, a shocker. <laughs> Was anybody pulling for the U.S. soccer team in the United States? I don't think so. These, and I, you know, so somebody has told me not all of the girls on the team were reflected the same attitude as the lead soccer player on there who, uh, blew a shot at the end and they would have won it and lost it for them. And then she laughed. I don't still don't understand that. But she was the one that they refused to go to the White House when Trump was president. But they went when Joe was president. He was okay. Moron. They go see the, this, this idiot. And we'll go see Trump or go to the Trump's White House. And I don't know where they're going to go now. But nowhere. Because uh, there's no place for the losers to go. Uh, but uh, we do have um, Trump talking about that. Uh, cut three. Wokeism makes you lose. Ruins your mind and ruins you as a person. You become warped, you become demented. The U.S. women's soccer team is a very good example of what's going on. Earlier this week, they unexpectedly lost to Sweden, three to nothing. And Americans were happy about it. You proved that point before I even said it. And that was uh, actually a flashback. Uh, he was the first part of that was back before the uh, one uh, this year, and, and went on to uh, lose in, in the uh, Olympics. But uh, congratulations to Sweden on their huge victory. And uh, you know, if you, I think if you play for the United States, if you're going to wear the United States uniform. You should stand for the national anthem. You should put your hand over your heart when they play the national anthem. You don't have to sing. A lot of people ask me not to sing. I understand that. That has nothing to do with my uh, patriotic uh, feelings. It has to do with my, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. So I I, kind of mouth the words, but I do stand up and show respect. And I think that's all people ask of them. And if you can't do that, I think that you should find some other team to play for. I mean, go play for... Cambodia, go play for Central America. You know they, they they need good soccer players too, but just don't uh, commit fraud and go out and say you're playing for USA when you won't even stand up or put your hand over your heart for the national anthem. Uh, we talked a little bit about Memphis and May last week uh, and about the fact that the Memphis and May, the Riverfront Development Foundation, wanted uh, the Memphis and May folks to cough, cough up another 650000 on top of the 750000 you already put up as a security deposit for damage. Well, um, Carol Coletta came out and uh, commented on the Barbecue Fest and the Music Fest, uh, cut one. Music Festival, I, I think the park, even at only 80% completion, showed that it could host a music festival. Uh, of the size of, of uh, the one that Memphis and May stages. I think barbecue is, is another question. I think 
while people who went to the festival seemed to really enjoy it, I think some of the teams felt like it was um, uh, not the best place for barbecue. I don't run the festival, um, and so everything we know is really secondhand, and we'll wait to get the festival's verdict on what they do in the future. Uh, she also commented on St. Jude uh, cut two. And, and I think any landlord would be reluctant to say what someone else's damage is going to be or what they would charge. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've thought about, you know, there's no organization in Memphis more beloved than St. Jude, right? I mean, everybody loves St. Jude. But St. Jude went down and did damage to the Peabody Hotel or FedEx Forum, a public facility. I mean, they would have to pay for the damage. So I think it is, and, and just like anyone would. So it's just yeah. a matter of making sure that you, you understand what's there, you respect what's there, you plan for it, and uh, you do the best job you can to work around the, uh, any concerns. Uh, what she's referring to is the criticism that, uh, that the Riverfront Development Foundation, which she's the head of, um, is getting because they're charging one point four or five million dollars for damage caused to the park and uh it's they had an arbiter come in and say okay uh, what was done and they looked at it they said yeah and then they said okay well how much is it going to cost to fix this so they go get the contractor that put all this stuff in and uh, this is a, a non-bid situation they said how much is it going to cost to fix it <laughs> you know that's sort of like uh, going to your mechanic one mechanic and said, how much is it going to cost to fix my car and he tells you and you go, well, that seems pretty expensive. Uh, can I shop it around? No, this is it. This is the bill you're going to get, and that's the only thing we're going with. So I think what she's trying to say is that uh, even St. Jude, they went in and wrecked the Peabody Hotel. I, I, I don't think there was any wholesale wreckage going on at Timely Park. I saw people down there. I mean, they went down there, and then there may have been some trucks that ran over some grass and stuff, but you know how much damage you have to do to do $1.4 million in damage? I mean, that's a lot of damage. I mean, there are tornadoes that come through places and don't do $1.4 million in damage. I would like a unbiased, uh, independent uh, contractor to go down there, maybe a couple of them, and take a look at the damage they had and, and come back and give us another assessment of what it would cost to repair that. I just think, personally, I think that Caracoletta does not want the barbecue back. I don't even think she wants Memphis May Music Fest back. She wants a concert down there because she said it works from a music fest, not necessarily this music fest, and uh, that there will be others in the future, but it will be of their selection. And I think that they want the entire Memphis May thing just to kind of go away. And uh, we'll wait and see. They have their big grand opening in September, and uh, – I'm I'm really uh, if there was that much damage done. In fact, I'm 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 going to go down there tomorrow and just kind of take a walk if they'll let me in. I mean, who knows what the Gestapo down there will let you walk into the park uh, and just kind of take a look at it. Show me some of the damage that was done because I've seen the Tumbley Park after the barbecue for forty years. I mean, I, I reported on it for forty years, so I know what kind of damage could be done. And I just would be interested to see what they're calling damage. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Stay with us. The Blues Brothers. 
great movie. But the song was out long before that. They just kind of reintroduced it to everybody and uh, and uh, made it famous all over again. And uh, still a good movie. Still can't believe they did totally destroyed the mall there in wherever the Juliet, I think, Illinois is where that's supposed to happen. Um, but it's uh, still a, a fun movie to go see. Uh also, we mentioned earlier, it's about the first day of school. It's the uh, first day back of school in Memphis, Arlington, Bartlett, Lakeland. And so keep that in mind with school zones because uh, they're getting out now in many of the places around. And they will be writing tickets. And uh, and you don't want to get a, a ticket at school zone. They're not cheap and your insurance goes up. And it's just not a good thing for anybody. So be placed uh, really close attention to that. Uh, the uh, Mississippi primaries, I think, are tomorrow. Well, I had something on that. Uh, I know that the race for sheriff down there, uh, you got two strong candidates. Uh, and uh, uh, we've had one of them on a couple of times. The, uh, Lee uh, was one of them. Uh, and then Tuggle. We had uh, Tuggle, who is... Um, head of the Mississippi Training Academy that all has been down there for years, former Marine, very sharp guy. I was very impressed with him. Then we went down to the Republican uh, rally where all the candidates spoke here a few weeks ago, and uh, that was really good. And uh, they were all very impressive. Of course, it was a Republican rally, so <laughs> nobody bad is going to be uh, speaking at the Republican rally. But um, it was uh, that uh, the primary is t- pretty sure it's tomorrow. And uh, uh, we may be able to get somebody on. I know I've got uh, Mr. Tuggle's number, and, and uh, we may try to give him a call before the show is over today. Uh, also, in today, we have uh, uh, here in just a few minutes, we've got uh, the Better Business Bureau in talking about these scams where they're calling up saying this is the IRS and uh, we can uh, get you some tax credits. If you were able to keep your employees working during the pandemic, we can get you more money. All we need is a little information. <laughs> they don't call you. The IRS does not call you. Uh, we'll be talking about that. What to watch out for, though. And then also, Kathy Thurman Edwards just got back from Europe and uh, went all over the place. Be interesting to see uh, what the Europeans are saying about what's going on in the states right now. And so she's coming in at four o'clock. We'll be talking about that. Also, want to ask her about car insurance rates. Are they going to go up because of all the car thefts, the break-ins, and that kind of thing? And I've also heard recently there are people getting their home insurance uh, uh, canceled because uh, the cost of fixing uh, repairs and construction, everything has gone up so much that what are these people are paying? They have to go ahead and renegotiate to get their premiums up so they can uh, afford to get it fixed if anything happens. Because there's one thing that uh, the insurance companies are vitally interested in is not losing money. So <laughs> that means they're going to keep covering. But we'll talk to her about all that, about her trip uh, across Europe and uh, what the mood is over there right now. Uh, back here, the mood is uh, interesting. You know, the representative Wasserman Schultz says that uh, Biden's low approval rating um, is a hangover for the pandemic. It has nothing to do with what he's not done so far as president. Uh, cut number five. With the investments in green energy and, and investment, uh, infrastructure investment, um, and even reshoring manufacturing jobs, 
it's, it's pretty clear that although we're making a lot of progress, the, the sort of hangover from the pandemic, which was obviously a century unprecedented uh, situation, is, uh, is still causing melancholy. And also, you know, the impact of those investments is going to take some time to bake in. But mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's our job to, to make sure that we communicate. Yes, we understand that. <laughs> and this is you communicating. She's a real piece of work. Uh, also, this I thought this was really interesting. Undercover video of Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandria, and she was actually filming in the capital of her mother with her little documentary film crew on the January the 6th. And uh, this is undercover video, her cut 21. Local media every day, you can't have a fair trial. Well, the reason, see, I think time is going to remember yeah, yeah. January 6th differently. Right. right now, people are still the heat them. There's two things. Media needs stuff to fill. I mean, if right. you watch TV on January 6th, it was like January 6th, 24 7. As time goes on, right. it's going to be less. Yeah. And as, 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 um, so I think, I think also people are going to lose yeah. their, their office, the jobs. I the know. people that were there are going to lose their jobs. So it's not going to mean anything if you weren't even there. And I know. We, need, care. we need like a word break up. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> right. No. Okay, I, I, I thank you for your time. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I really, um, I, I know you're not the bad guy. I mean, if there is, I haven't found the bad guy yet. But if there is, I know well, you're not the bad guy. guy. I mean, he's like a stereotypical bad guy. But I, the, the thing is, why I asked you the question of like, so what was the plan? Is that if there was a, if there was an insurrection, you were you were supposed to be in line. Marching, you're in the military, you know right. this. No, that's you're not supposed to have a plan. So, exactly, it's called the operations order. You sit down like, overnight with your soldiers. You go right. over, all right. You're going to go here. You're going to go in by this side. It's, At this time, we're going to take over this. There was none of that. If it was an insurrection, it's the sorriest insurrection in, in the, the 20th, 21st century ever. No guns. A no guy, plan. A guy People smoking, taking selfies. A guy smoking pot. I, know. On, on I love the guy smoking yeah, pot. Like, like, oh, oh, we did that. We just went to New Hampshire last week for the guy that just was drinking beer. Well, my, favorite, wine. my favorite guy. Well, there you are. It's uh, uh, That's Nancy Pelosi's uh, daughter. And try to explain how they're going to orchestrate all this so that we wouldn't forget how serious things were on January the 6th. I mean, an insurrection, you would think at least somebody would be armed. There was not one gun used in that except for the gun used by the Secret Service to kill one of the protesters inside the, the Capitol. I don't think they should have ever entered the Capitol. I do think what happened was uh, mob mentality took over. And I've been in, in crowds where mob mentality takes over. And you see things happen that you'd never see happen if people were orderly and and but as far as uh, people marching in and marching into the Capitol, uh, that that ain't uh, that ain't happening and uh, didn't happen then. And then you had uh, we now know that the FBI had as many as eighteen of their agents. The Department of Homeland Security had twenty some odd, and that's just the ones they've admitted to. And uh, they're trying to tell us that it was all just. Uh, you know, spontaneous or that it was all insightful, that, uh, but there were no agents involved. So at any rate, uh, we're going to be uh, checking in with Randy Hutchison with the Better Business Bureau here in just a minute. And also we're going to try to get in touch with uh, some of the candidates with the uh, Mississippi uh, Soto County Sheriff's race uh, coming up. Uh, hopefully get that uh, somebody on the line at uh, 345. So that'll be coming up here in just a minute. 
And then uh, we also have, uh, we'll keep you up to date on weather. Uh, thank you very much, and welcome back on a Tuesday afternoon. That's not Tuesday, it's Monday. I don't know. what. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. We, we, how did we slip into Tuesday? <laughs> Randy Hutchinson has been coming on Monday for, I was looking at some uh, thing today. It was one of those uh, pop-up on Facebook uh, that somebody had on my show 11 years ago. And well, you've been coming on for long time. at least 11 years. Uh, with the Better Business Bureau, and today we're talking about a scam that's going on that uh, they purport to be with the IRS, and it's a way to get a tax credit uh, on the employees you had that you were paying during the pandemic, and this is a way to get more money. Well, they, we'll talk about the specifics. They may claim to be with the IRS. They may claim to be tax professionals who are going to help you get this credit from the IRS, uh, but it's a credit. It's a COVID-era credit that, however— businesses and, and nonprofits in particular can still claim. I, th- I think it runs out next year. I'm not the expert on that. People should check with their uh, accountants or, or tax professionals to be sure. But the, it's, it's a credit called the Employee Retention Credit or sometimes called the Employee <coughs> Retention Tax Credit. Again, a refundable COVID-era tax credit that was designed for employers that kept paying employees uh, even though they were shut down because of a COVID-related government order or that had a, a qualifying decline in their revenue during the eligible uh, eligibility periods. It's a tricky credit, can only be claimed by obviously eligible businesses and tax-exempt uh, tax organizations that had employees, uh, kept their employees on during the specific time periods. The concern is the IRS has issued an alert saying that uh, scammers, crooks, pick a term somewhere on the spectrum of unscrupulous, <laughs> in some cases perhaps tax prepare, preparation companies, um, are running aggressively running a TV, radio ads, direct mail solic- uh, solicitations, online promotions saying they can help businesses claim this credit. I've seen a bunch of these ads. Uh, some of the companies I'm saying I'm sure are legitimate. Uh, you know, one of the tips will obviously be be sure you t- uh, check out the company. But according to the IRS commissioner, when they issued the alert, he referred to it, uh, quote, as an onslaught of misleading ads. So they're just seeing so many misleading ads uh, that they, they've issued this alert. Um, they say that uh, some scammers are collecting hefty upfront fees with false promises that they can help businesses uh, and other organizations, nonprofits included, to get the credit when perhaps they really aren't eligible for it, or that they can get them more. There's some upper limit uh, that you're allowed to get, but my understanding is that very few businesses will qualify for the full amount per employee. It's a per-employee credit, as I understand it. But again, these scammers, if you will, or are throwing out the maximum number, so everybody's going to get that. Uh, the IRS says that some letters appear to come from a non-existent agency, uh, such as the Department of Employee Retention Credit. <clears throat> there is no such agency within the IRS. Um, on another front, the IRS says that some of the solicitations are really just a form of identity theft. The crooks under the guise of promising that they're going to help you get their credit are really trying to get a raft of confidential personal information about the business, financial information about the business and their employees that they'll use, then use to uh, 
commit identity theft. Uh, and the IRS just wants everyone to know that uh, if you improperly claim this credit, the employee retention credit, and you get the money, and they come back later and audit you and find out that you really didn't qualify, you'll have to pay it back possibly with penalties and interest. They don't mention jail time, <laughs> but you just, my personal, you don't ever want to fool no, the IRS. No. Um, so you'll definitely, if you if you get the money uh, up front, but they then find out that you uh, audit you and you're not qualified, and for sure you have to pay it back, probably with penalties and interest. So these are the, what the FTC says are the morning signs of an employee uh, a retention credit scam. Uh, unsolicited calls or advertisements that mention an easy application process. Uh, apparently, this is not an easy application. Uh, statements that the promoter or the company can determine uh, eligibility within minutes or before any real discussion of the employer's tax situation. Uh, again, the IRS says that the employee retention credit is a complex credit that requires care careful review before applying. So anybody who says, oh, we can look at a few pieces of information from me and tell you if you're qualified, probably is not being honest. If they want any large upfront fee, is almost always a red flag of any kind of scam, okay? Uh, if you've got to pay some significant amount or maybe any amount up front before they've actually determined that you're going to get the money and or that you've gotten the money, likely a scam. If, if any fee that is charged uh, is based on a percentage of the refund amount rather than simply the labor, the time, a processing fee. Uh, apparently, the IRS says that some promoters are telling businesses, go ahead and claim it because you have nothing to lose. If you don't qualify, you just pay it back. Again, never a good idea to deceive the IRS. And then apparently uh, the, some of them are telling businesses who may have already consulted with their own CPA or their own tax professional who told them, no, sorry, you're not eligible. Uh, some of these uh, scammers or promoters are telling businesses, what do they know? Ignore them. We're giving you the uh, the honest answer. We think you're eligible. Trust your own tax professional. Uh, and if you're, uh, if one of the, and again, there are some companies that are offering this service that are legitimate, but check them out. Check them out with us. Check them out online. See what the reputation is. And then watch for these red flags. And if a bunch of these red flags pop up for a company that otherwise seems legit, maybe they're not. And more and more people are out there trying to scam people with the, the MLGW scams, um, the uh, uh, home repair scams, the, the water situation in Germantown. Yeah. Well, and of course, we talk all the time. Very, the percentage of people who fall for this scam, any scam, the MLGW scam, it's a small percentage, but two things. The amount of money that the crook makes per person who fell may be substantial, and the crooks are, are just like any other business person. They wouldn't offer their product, which is the scam, if there weren't some people buying for it, and falling for it. So the fact that you or I may get some phony uh, social media message or email or call, uh, and we know, or text message, and we know immediately that's a scam, the fact that they keep sending them means enough people are falling for them to make it profitable for them to keep sending it. In fact, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office put out an alert this weekend that uh, that scam has cropped up again where they yeah. say there's Shelby County Sheriff's Office and uh, 
that uh, they're going to come arrest you. Let me tell you, I was with the sheriff's office. They do not call you and tell you they're going to come get you. They write you a letter, say appear in court, or they just come get you. They don't. Oh, and, and, and that's a perfect case of a lot of scams rely on what I say is people's emotions outstripping their common sense. Yeah. And when you think it's the sheriff calling or or in other IRS scams that people get calls saying, this is the IRS, you owe back taxes. If you don't pay immediately via a gift card or prepaid debit card or something, we're going to come arrest you. Or people get a call supposedly from a grandchild in trouble. All of these scams rely on somebody's emotions just clouding their judgment. Absolutely. And it's like Randy says, if you've got a question, contact uh, and don't call the number they're sending you to right. call. Look up in uh, online in the, the IRS, uh, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, and go with those numbers uh, because they got fake websites up. You got to be careful. Even going on Google these days to look for an organization, sometimes you got to be careful of the one listed at the top because that may be a paid ad. The crooks may have paid to get there. Absolutely. Well, always on top of it, the Better Business Bureau, Randy Hutchison. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And welcome back on a Monday afternoon. I know what may say Tuesday a minute ago. I guess uh, time goes by so fast at my age, it, it could have been Tuesday. <laughs> Just go straight from midday uh, on Monday into uh, early Tuesday. Uh, we're waiting to get a call right now from Thomas Tuggle, who is one of the Republican candidates for sheriff in DeSoto County. Uh, we've had him on a couple of times. Uh, his uh, major opponent is uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Lee. And uh, as with any any campaign, uh, no matter where it is, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, there's always misinformation out there. And I know one of the things that's being said about this race is that uh, Thomas Tuggle has been endorsed by Black Lives Matter. And if you go to his Facebook page, you'll see where the, uh, he denies that it's not true. And um, it's and you don't have any idea where it's coming from. I don't, it, I don't think it was personally endorsed by Michael Lee, his opponent. But you have people out there that want Michael Lee to win. And they go, I'll help him out by spreading this rumor. So you don't know who to really blame for misinformation. And I'm sure there's some on both sides. Uh, but what you want to do is educate yourself, uh, do background on them, read their materials, uh, but take what other people say and what other people post, especially on social media, with a, uh, a grain of salt. Because as you all know, as we were just talking to Randy Hutchison of the Better Business Bureau, uh, you can say anything you want and put it out on social media, unless you put it on Twitter. <laughs> if they don't agree with it, then they will censor you. They will say this is misinformation and not allow it. In fact, I, I thought that they said that the, the the government couldn't intercede anymore and tell the social media what to do. And somebody sent me something yesterday or day before yesterday, and it was some kind of a meme that had uh, uh, Biden's picture in it or his likeness. And they said this was uh, false information on Biden, and therefore they were canceling it. You know, see, that is censorship. I don't care whether it's false information or not. Say it's false information or it's determined to be false information, but you still should let it go through. I mean, it's, that's been going on for years and years and years. So 
Now, let me see if I've got the, the number for Thomas. He called a minute ago. Uh, let's see. Yeah, now, this is a, a number. If you could come get this Philip, and uh, take a call him, and uh, we'll see if we get on the phone. I don't want to run out of time. We only got a couple of minutes left, and and then we hit the top of the hour. It's uh, that 262 number. And try to get him on. Uh, very, uh, very smart young man, uh, former Marine, uh, joined the Marines uh, after 9 11. Said that uh, he heard Ronald Reagan uh, on the radio one time and said after he heard his speech, uh, it impressed him so much that he uh, decided to join the Marines and become a conservative. He's an African American man. And that alone says he's. Uh, a free thinker, anybody, it's tough enough joining the uh, Republican Party, even if you're, you know, a white guy from Odessa, Texas, which I am, uh, because there's still people that don't go along with that. But he uh, bucked the system and became a conservative, and he has been ever since. I think we've got uh, him on the phone now. Thomas, are you there? Hey, this is Thomas. Hey, Earl, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Sir, I've been busy. I know you have. Tomorrow's a very big day for everybody in DeSoto County. Uh, what time do the polls open tomorrow? Yes, sir. They open at 7 a.m. And uh, I was just explaining to people, I was looking at your Facebook page. You said, as with every campaign, there's misinformation out there. Somebody's actually trying to say that you're supported by the Black Lives Matter crowd. That That is not true. Is that correct? No, sir. That was debunked. I think we uh, we had already debunked that that document in 15 minutes uh we already knew uh just by looking at the document that it was fictitious and then we looked at an address that that was uh printed at the bottom of the uh uh the sheet and they came back to uh, a hair salon that was um <laughs> hadn't been there in years so uh it, it was it was debunked in 15 minutes and and you know we're, we've, we've been running a clean campaign and i've always believed that if someone is slinging mud or shooting at you that means you must be in front of them well, we, and if they're shooting at you and they haven't hit you yet, that means you must be way in front of them. Well, we used to call it flak, like in World War II when those bombers were flying over Europe. You knew you were over the target if you were having all this flak exploding all around you, and uh, that's sort of what <laughs> yes, the, what goes on in a political campaign. Um, yes, sir. Uh, your background is that uh, you were a, a, a Marine. You're always a Marine. People call them former Marines or ex-Marines. You're always a Marine. Um, yes, sir. and you, you earn that title, and you never lose it. That's correct. And you you did what two tours of duty in uh, in Iraq? No, sir. I did two tours of duty duty in Japan, and I finished up conducting combat operations in the Middle East, Operation uh, Desert Storm. But then you came back to Mississippi uh, and went to work for the police department in in uh, South Haven. Uh, Hernando, Hernando. Uh, 1991, uh, I left the Marine Corps in 1992, January the 4th to be exact. I started to work as a patrolman in the city of Hernando. And then after that, you ended up going to work at the training academy for all law enforcement in Mississippi and you uh, have been doing that up till just recently, correct? Yes, sir. What happened is uh, I served the city of Hernando for four years. They sent me to the state's training academy and I did very well uh, uh, in basic training and had an opportunity to become a trooper then, but uh, loyalty meant a lot to me. So I stayed in Hernando for four years and then joined the Highway Patrol in 1996. And um, that career is 26 years, went from trooper to 
uh, lieutenant colonel, and the uh, majority of that time was spent training police officers from all over the state. And I served as the director for five years prior to retiring. Your philosophy on, uh, I know we came down and saw the uh, Republican candidates uh, give speeches here a few weeks ago down in South Haven one Saturday afternoon, and everybody gave their thoughts on how they would conduct uh, law enforcement in DeSoto County as uh, as sheriff. Tell everybody how you would do it. A lot of people said, you know, we're going to we're going to stop them at the border. Uh, what is your philosophy of law enforcement in DeSoto County? Well, first thing first, we're going to we're going to connect with all these agencies that are here. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the police chiefs that we have in this county are some of the most professionally trained, some of the most efficient police chiefs uh, in the entire country. Uh, so we're going to uh, uh, conduct or we're going to um, come up with a unified front to address crime. And part of that is being extremely visible. Uh, we plan to make the criminal element very uncomfortable because if they see us, they're uncomfortable. And if we are successful, uh, they will find somewhere else to go. Uh, we're going to work with our legislators and our judges to close loopholes uh, in juvenile law. Outstanding. Uh, the criminal element understands. Yes, the criminal element understands that you, you can only detain juveniles, so they're recruiting these juveniles yep. to commit these crimes. So we need to close that loophole uh, uh, in that law. So we plan to do that. If you do the crime in DeSoto County, uh, Earl, you're going to do the time in DeSoto County. Outstanding. Thomas Tuggle, the primaries are tomorrow. Pulls up at 7 o'clock. Good luck, Thomas. Thank you. Everybody got that vote for Thomas Tuggle. Thank you, Earl. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, joining me in studio, Kathy Thurman Edwards, uh, just back from her world tour. <laughs> uh, I'm sure if you follow Kathy uh, on Facebook, you've got to enjoy it, and she did. You, thank you for the pictures, because we travel vicariously through you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I did take Janie Porter with me, and she and I have been friends for 62 years. Wow since first grade so quit adding out there how old i am yeah uh, carry the uh, one carry the one <laughs> yeah they don't carry the one anymore do they no. okay that's another story um but uh it, it was it was very good and before we went on the air you were asking me and it, you know the reporter came back in me right yeah. you know immediately goes in and i would be asking them different things and my our first talk was Prague, and i remember when i was growing up I worked for my dad because he had a little motel and restaurant in Fulton, Mississippi. I know you thought we had a Holiday Inn chain, but no. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but, but, but anyway, uh, I was working for him, cleaning rooms, waiting on tables. <clears throat> One year, my dad told me, you're going to go work at the grocery store and know what it's like to work for other people. His wife, <clears throat> excuse me, he'd met him in the war, met her in the war, and she was from Czechoslovakia. So... Um, She's very kind and very frugal, and you know, you know, she would, she would just must. I look back on it now and said, why didn't I ask her more questions? You know, it's kind of like your grandfather's gone. Why didn't I ask it more about this or whatever? But you didn't know to ask at that age. You know, it, it was great. And of course, now is Czech Republic, Republic, yeah, and it's Czech and Slovakia, two different countries, right? I have trouble saying Slovakia without in my mind saying Czech Slovakia. 
So that that was the first place we went. And I, I tell you what, one of the sad things was that they have all these gorgeous churches, gorgeous churches, uh, Catholic, Protestant, synagogue, all this stuff, right? But they have very little people going to church now. And most of the country is uh, uh, atheist. Or just uh, agnostic. Yeah. They just don't yep. believe in anything. Yeah, yep, pretty much anything. And uh, one of our tour guys says, he said, I, I like this over this. I, I won't say it, you know, which religion over which religion. Because uh, Christianity uh, w- doesn't believe in killing other people, I guess, or something like that. And this other one gets upset when they burn a book. And I think that was about the time they were having a protest in Paris. And that was over... At the same well, time. that was over the, the big ones that they haven't done recently is changing them. They don't give them as much vacation, paid vacation, and they didn't like that idea at all. Yeah. And then, uh, but there's always something they ain't happy with either. You know, the uh, the immigrants, immigrants, immigration has caused some real problems in France, also Great Britain. I mean, London's basically a Muslim city now. Yeah, they don't have a lot of Muslims in Prague. I mean, yeah, yeah, Prague. But uh, they, you know, it's just basically atheist. And I said, what's the difference between Prague or the Czech Republic and Slovakia? And they said Slovakia is very Catholic and much more religious than uh, Prague. So I, th- I thought that was interesting, you know, the Czech thing. But they also, um, uh, you know, they like Americans. They think the current president and the former president are crazy, and we have too many guns. You know, it's the basic stuff you hear from Canada. Well, that's because they they don't have (laughs) any guns. They took all their guns away. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you know, it's like that. But their thing, um, so, but but when I went to Munich, and I went to, of course, uh, Dachau, which was the first concentration Concentration camp. camp, Yeah, I had been there before, but I had a, but it was like a, a group tour. I had a personal tour this time, personal tour guy this time. He was magnificent. He talked about, uh, but because he grew up there and his father had been in a Russian POW or, you know, you know he, he, his family had lived through it and, and suffered through it. But um, it was interesting. I, I'd forgotten that there were no women at that camp and that they were the first established uh work camp, as they called them in the beginning, and they were pretty much the last to be liberated. But uh, they showed this map that showed how many, just hundreds of camps they had. All over Germany. All over Germany. I mean, just like everywhere. Yeah, everybody thought there was like two or three. Now they were everywhere. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, you could they rounded even, up the entire population. Right. You could not throw a pin at this map and, and, and you'd, you'd hit a camp. So, you know, he was telling us about that, and of course, the you know, the the gas and, and all this other kind of thing. and uh, But he said, interesting, you, you appreciate this since you're a cowboy, when the Americans came to liberate, you know, we're a little late getting in this, you know. Uh, so it's, so the Americans came to liberate the camp and they were like so shocked. And then they saw some of the Nazis still there. And, you know, they were trying to escape, and he, they said, point out the Nazis. They just went, pow, 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 killed about 35 of them. Okay, cowboy. But 
but then this is uh, interesting too. There were two different army units there that that helped uh, liberate, but they kind of argued on who was there first, so they just put up two plaques. <laughs> Yippee! <Yeah. laughs> but anyway, well, uh, it was it was sad, very sad, and and it was just something you know whatever. But they said they 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 teach it in the schools. And that kind of thing. Isn't it amazing to you that uh, here in this country, there are people that actually think that the whole thing about the Holocaust was, was made up. I mean, there are literally people in this country that say that the Holocaust was made up and it didn't really happen. You oh, were there. I mean, yeah, you're crazy. I mean, the pictures, the stuff they did. I remember as a kid, uh, my dad was in World War II. He was with Patton. Uh, he didn't go to Dachau, any of the, but he did tour Europe with the general after the war. Mm-hmm. Knew about and heard, of course, all those American soldiers, as you said, were totally shocked and just outraged when they saw what they had done to these people. And a friend of mine, Tom Brasso, his dad was one of the uh, guys that went into Dachau, mm-hmm. was the first one in there. And... Uh, it was just like they, you know, the guys were just breaking down, seeing because they'd never seen people treated like this before, and to see they were systematically doing this all over the country, right? And uh, but it did. I'm so glad that they do keep it going, and they, that story has to be told over and over again because it will be repeated if if people are allowed to do it. I mean, and it's um, even with the lockdown. What do they talk about the lockdown and and the power they had over everybody because the last time they treated people like that was during World War 2 and they mm-hmm. said you got to wear a, a yellow star, star, or, star or, or whatever. Or, you know, if you're Jewish you were taking get on the train, we're just going to go to this re-education camp and they were really taking them to uh, these work camps. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you one of the tour guides we had cuz as I've gotten older I've kind of gotten uh, you know, uh, I got spoiled. My husband, who's disabled, and when he could travel, because of the wheelchair, we would get these special tour guides. You know, because we didn't want to slow everybody up. Well, that got me spoiled. Okay, so so I got this uh, the one guy that took us to Salzburg, but he he was from Munich, and he was talking about. It. He said, "We don't understand that long before Hitler came about." They uh, now this is the way he described it: that the Jewish people uh, couldn't do just anything they wanted to do, so they put them in the banking industry. Ha ha! So they, wherever you took over the banking, yeah. Industry. So I mean, I mean, so 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 then so so then that's what uh, Hitler was kind of jealous and uh, uh, you know I mean like or, or you know whatever, but you know they, it, it was just awful. What, what what they did was just incredible. And I was talking to two of my. Uh, Jewish customers before I, I went over there, and she had had a grandmother who survived one of the camps, and it was just, it, it, it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Well, and even though all these years later, uh, it's still unbelievable. And the more you find out about it, the more shocking it is. And the fact that or the, I don't think they're teaching about it in, in schools anymore, in American schools. Whereas they used to be, they taught American history. World War II was in there, the Civil War was in there, First World War, the Revolutionary War. You had to learn about all those things. I don't know what teaching them now. <laughs> well, that they are new teaching math, it. I know that. <laughs> they are teaching it there so much so that one of the uh, you know tour, tour guides said, you know, some of the kids get a complex because it was their great-grandfather, their great-great-great-grandfather, and the, pretty much the people as a whole pretty much, you know, hate the Nazis or whatever, you know, that, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just like... But it's all part of our history. I mean, we've got things in our history. Well, they, and that's erased. exactly right. But 
they weren't part of the Nazis. It was the people that were exactly. before them in history. And it just like the, the people that were uh, the, the Jews that were just totally uh, annihilated almost. Um, you know, I think that the most amazing thing is they're not bitter. I mean, even you talk to them and relatives of them and say mm-hmm. it was a horrible thing. They, we, you know, we hated what they did. But, you know, we're not going to spend our time full of hate because that destroys you. And uh, so you can't have that in you. What was your, I have a good friend, Bob Boudreau, I worked with in uh, news in Texas. He's lived there in Prague for about 10 years. He's an actor and loves it there. In Prague? Yeah. It's it's absolutely beautiful. And he said the got reason, like eight bridges and Oh, and, and the river, the road. Scene. In fact, the gray man that uh, Mark Graney wrote yeah, and they yeah. made the movie, that was largely shot in Prague. In Prague. You're right. You're right. And uh, he said the reason it's so beautiful, it was one of the few European cities that was not destroyed in World War II. Never bombed right. once. I think they might have had a few little kind of mishaps, but nothing like whatever. And... And of course, Hitler loved that town and did not want it because it was so beautiful. It was it was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking with Kathy Thurman Edwards. Uh, we're going to talk more about her trip to Europe and why you should go. She tells me you you should go. Or like I don't even like leaving town, much less going to Europe. So I told Kathy I'd take her to Epcot because you know. You can... Oh please! <laughs> now we're in Europe. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick Cheater. break and we'll come back. We're also going to get into. Insurance. Insurance, (laughs) because there's some stuff you need to know. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back on a Monday afternoon. Not too hot outside. Uh, It really cooled off. That rain came through this morning. Kathy Thurman Edwards is in studio with me right now. Kathy and I, our friendship goes back years and years. We worked together, well, really back in radio Mm -hmm. at FM 100. You were there in AM 790 and then uh, Channel 3. In fact, I welcomed her the very first day she got there. I put uh, shaving cream in the headset of her phone. and That and is I, so true. And, I remember that now. <laughs> and I called I wonder her. I don't talk about how nice you were. <laughs> Pam Crittenden was so gracious, not you. Yes, yeah, okay. well, I think I did it to her, too. <laughs> that was my welcoming uh, blow. But it sounds like Rice Krispies in your ear for the rest of the afternoon because <laughs> you can't get those little <laughs> popping noises out of your ear. Uh, but we always had a tremendous amount of fun. And, and you've always... You got to travel a lot when you were at Channel Three. You went to some. Got to go to China. Yeah. Yes. And then Xi'an and yeah. You've you've done a lot of traveling with you and David before he became kind of incapacitated and mm-hmm. uh, and but you went back with a childhood friend and went to Europe and it's uh, what it, right now it's is it summertime in Europe just like it is here or is it they uh, may they think it's hot. And it was 70, and we said, no, it's not. But it was windy. So uh, we, as my grandmother would have said, I still needed a little sleeve. Well, I, I, and sleeve. I did. I know she had jackets and sweaters yeah, on. Yeah, and it, it was, and, and, yeah. I, I didn't pack well at all. I wore a lot of clothes two or three days in a row. <laughs> but it had sleeves on them. <laughs> if you keep moving, nobody knows. That's right, yeah, keep moving. But, yeah, it, it was very – It was. Very, very good and very eye-opening because no matter how many times you go to Europe or, or any other place besides the States, you realize we're still such a new country, so new. And everything was 15th century and in the 13th century, and then this was in the 14th century, and it was well, amazing. What about the – because 
the thing about Memphis for so many years when we first moved here, it was always about one of the most beautiful cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And now with all these cities with the homeless and the, the graffiti and all that, do you see any of that in Europe? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. So we went in Prague, which is in Czech Republic. They have like eight bridges and they have this river running through it. And I cannot remember the name of it, but anyway. Okay. So, and I mean, he goes all the way down to the city. We went two or three hours outside of the city. Okay, so you're on this river. And then he pointed out and he said, our tour guide, uh, I don't know, every one of our tour guides began with a P, Philip, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he says, look at these old abandoned ships. Old abandoned ships. They're, they're not used anymore. I mean, like, like, like huge. Like freighters and stuff? Yeah, big freighters. He said, that is a homeless shelter. Really? They have repurposed it for a homeless shelter. So they we do just thought homeless. that was amazing. They're not in the streets. No, they're in the ships. They're in shelters, and they've repurposed these ships for for the homeless. It was just kind of amazing. So that that was one thing we did see. Uh, not a lot of people, uh, you know, asking for money or you know that, that kind of thing. No. Not, not a lot. It was so clean. That, that to was us, it was so yeah. clean. And um, I can remember years ago, David and I went on a, it sounds like all we did was travel, but anyway, we was on a Baltic Sea cruise years ago, and we stopped at all these beautiful little places like, you know, Finland, da, 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 all these places, right? And then we stopped at Russia. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Imagine a man in a wheelchair with a cane. And a perfectly good mind, and our sweet little tour guide, who looked like she was maybe eighteen, maybe twenty, she was our guide. And we got out. It was Saint Petersburg, and it was so dull and grown up, you know, like you know. So David says, "Do you guys not have a park commission around here?" <laughs> I said, oh my God, we're not gonna we're gonna be kicked out of this country. And then uh I mean it was, it was like it was it was like it was like grown up. If if you know what I'm talking about, it it just was unkept the city. And would, and all these cities were like So like you said, so you clean. walk around you see shrubs that were grown that weren't clipped, the uh, oh. grass was not trimmed. Uh, yeah, and and here in all the places we went on this trip it was like it was like clean and it was pretty or you know, they, they could have not taken us to their slums, but whatever. It was it was like, you know, right on any of the main stuff, and everybody was, to me, was polite. And, uh, of course, I'm not going to let you be impolite to me, whatever. No. no you, hey, you've ne- never been shy about telling people no, that no. you're not going to take this anymore. But it was really good. W- what's the mood about Ukraine over there? Are they in fear? Oh, they or? have uh, Prague. He said, we've had a lot of refugees. And, I'm you know, I'm going, like, from where? And he said, the Ukraine. You know, we're, we're taking them in and, you know, th- that kind of thing. So, And all those countries that surround Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, have all taken them in. Poland's right. taken a tremendous number in. Right. Uh, but they're all, and they can't wait to get back to Ukraine. Unlike a lot of refugees, they go there, right. Syria and all these different countries that came to uh, France and places. They don't want to go back to Syria because right. it's a, the Middle East is horrible. But these people all want to come back to Ukraine. They just want the war to be over to, mm-hmm. to stop it. Do or do they do they pick sides that they say Russia's wrong, Ukraine's right, or do they talk about it that well, at now, all? I don't think I found a many 
mean, I didn't come in contact with a lot of Russian lovers over there, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm just you curious. Know. I no, I, you know, I couldn't couldn't find anything. Because uh, I don't get that impression in this country. I just was wondering how they feel about it in Europe. Uh, you did mention food, that American food had become fast food in all over the world. Uh, one of the the bi- biggest selling things is Kentucky Fried Chicken and Taco Bell. All over Japan loves Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then I didn't see Kentucky Fried Chicken or Taco Bell. Yeah. I did see a McDonald's. Well, it did, but the McDonald's, the, 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 the uh, Big Mac was called the Royale. Uh, Where was that? In Paris. Oh, it, okay. And but uh, then, as you were saying during the break, that said they don't like McDonald's anymore. Yeah, they're they're not not real thrilled over there. But but they have so. Uh, I I can remember years ago when I went to Munich. My David loved to drive, so he wanted to be on the, uh, you know, where you could unlimited. What was it? Auto. Autobahn. Yeah, no Autobahn. Speed, no speed limit. Yeah. So I can remember we went on the Autobahn years ago, and he was fast, and they they didn't have a rental car ready, so they upgraded us to an Autobahn, I mean Autobahn, to an Audi. I said, okay, I got to get me one of these. Then we, st- then we stopped at a McDonald's back then off the road, and they had croissants. <laughs> I had to have a croissant every day. They have the best croissants. We're talking with Kathy Thurman Edwards. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, talk a little bit more about her trip, but also about some insurance things that's uh, pretty interesting you want to hear about. Stay with us. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, Kathy Thurman Edwards is in the studio with us right now. She's been talking about uh, going over to Europe, which I think is very enlightening. Um, um, the because I was asking about homeless, and she said they they use uh, old ships that have been retired, and they still dock there. And they there, refurbished them. Refurbished them and turned them into uh, homes for the homeless. Uh, but you didn't see any any homeless people on the streets. Nobody begging for money. Not no, not 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 that I can remember. And we walked around at night. We never felt afraid, and it was very clean. And but you've got to realize every time I ask, what's your number one industry? It was tourism, so they knew where their money came from. Yeah, they came from us. But more than us, Americans, uh, people from other countries. I mean, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to oh, yeah. visit over there, and and their their uh, you know their system is all you know. To, now now, uh, what was I talking to the guy? Was it where where were the Olympics? Was it in was it in Munich one year? The yeah. Olympics. Yeah. Of course, we did talk about 1971 or two, whatever that. When year, they were everybody got the, killed, well, the wrestling killed, but, team. But he said, "What that did for us before all that, we were forced to upgrade our underground system. So that's what the Olympics subways and all right, that did, did did for them. So that mean it made that, and um, it, it was it. I mean, we being a former reporter, I was asking a lot of questions. I know they were like. But some of them like talking. I said, I, I, I don't care who you like, who you don't like. I, just, I said, I just want to know what it's like yeah. here. And then they were suffering during 2020 because. No uh, tourism. No tourism. And everybody was locked down. I mean, they were really locked down. I mean, like locked down. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't they, leave their houses. Yeah. yeah. They, but they, yeah. Like Australia, not to be confused with Austria, which has no kangaroos. 
Yes, they have a T-shirt there that says, there are no kangaroos in Austria. And I said, what does this mean? He said, oh, people come over here and... Americans. The Americans think we have kangaroos. They confuse us with Australia. But anyway. I've been in places before, and they'll sit there, and somebody will say something really stupid, and the, the, the Europeans will look at you, and they go, Americans. I know. <laughs> what are you going to do, Americans? <laughs> anyway, but they are... Um, you know, I've, I've I've tried to explain. You know, is it where you're from? Tennessee is in the southern part of uh, United States. Oh, okay, all right. So I've well, I'm in I'm I'm going back to this guy who was we were in a boat and we were in Prague. Okay, so I do stupid stuff like this. I'm going like, well, do you know who Garth Brooks is? He said, <laughs> no. Yeah. And I went, you don't know who Garth Brooks is? And he said. No, I've never heard of him. I says, okay, uh, Elvis. Oh, everybody knows who Elvis yeah. is. Okay, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah, we know they who Dolly did Parton. Know Dolly. Oh, everybody knew Dolly Parton. Wow. But I mean, I bet I ask a dozen people. I don't know why I was stuck on Garth Brooks, but I'm like, well, because he's so popular here. But but less, not there. I yeah, mean, it's not like it is funny. Uh, I was talking to the um, to the Barkays, and they've traveled all over the world. Oh. And they said, wherever you go, you see Coca-Cola signs and Elvis pictures, pictures of Elvis, no matter where you go in the world, right. Africa, Europe. And this is a number of years ago, but still, I mean, the fact that everybody knows who Elvis is, no matter where you go. And they know that Memphis is where he lived. It's amazing. The uh, the other food that you came around, because you didn't eat at McDonald's, but what, where was the best food? To me, it was in... Uh Salzburg, when I had this um, Wiener schnitzel, mm. which I figure is just a veal cutlet, but it was nothing like I'd ever had. It was absolutely fabulous and some other desserts. But then I had a, uh, I, I tell you what, I felt like I was at Hagen Hominy when I was at Munich, uh, I mean Munich. I said, what is this? And, you know, it had this big name and whatever. And I went, that's, uh, oh, foot. What, what do you call it? Uh, bacon when it's real fat and it's, Oh, fat back. Fat, well, no. Or, or uh, pork uh, belly. Pork pork, I said, oh, pork belly. Yeah, yeah I can handle pork <laughs> belly. So anyway, so they brought it out, and it was like fat, and then some pork, and then it had that crisp on it. Yeah. And I looked at these two guys over there, because I said, what did y'all get? Oh, y'all. Hey, y'all. Y'all. So what did you get? And he said, we got, you know, this, and oh, and their potatoes and all this kind of stuff. And I said, okay. So I went, oh, this is good. I said, you... You ate that little crisp around the edge. He said, "Oh, I ate the whole thing." And I was trying to do. I said, "I, I said, I'm going to break a crown if I finish eating this." But it was just so good, flavors. But nothing I had was low calorie. Nothing. But the thing is, you don't see overweight people there, do you? That's because they're walking everywhere. They walk, ride, ride bikes. It is the bicycles. When they have bicycle lanes, they have actual bicycles and they stay, in their lane. And they stay in them. And they stay in them. Yeah. And you better not get in their way. No. They have the right of way. And yeah. Janie was going, get out of the way. You're going to the bicycle. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, anyway, it, it was it was clean. It was wonderful. It, it was really refreshing. And I think they were so uh, grateful, you know, because, I mean, you know, when they do a holiday in Europe, you know, they I'm surprised they have jobs when they get back. They take off like, like four weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, something Yeah, like that's that. why they were rioting because they were saying they're going to cut back on the number of weeks. And you're used to six six weeks vacation your whole life. 
I mean, I never took two weeks off together in my life. Listen, I was so ready to come home after five, ten days. Let yeah. Me tell you. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I can't tell you. People say, why do you keep working? I said, I couldn't stay at home. I could not stay at home and not get up and go to work to do something every day just to, just yeah. to go someplace. Uh, everybody talks about uh, people in Paris. That sometimes they don't. Yeah. Their, their hygiene is not. They wear the same clothes. I don't get them dry clean. Yeah. Did, did, well, how was that? Did you notice that at all? It's just, yeah, I just think sometimes I feel like such a snob because <laughs> how many languages do you speak? One. And, you know, they could change. They'd speak German over here. Yeah. Then they'd speak, you know, uh, uh, whatever they speak in Prague over here. You know, Czech, they'd be speaking this and all this. And I'll ask them, how many languages do you know? Well, I know German and English. And they all start learning English in the third grade. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and it's not because of us; it's because of England. You know, you know that's, well, that's just, how they learn it. That's why their English is so good. If you can speak English, you can go someplace in just about anywhere in the world. Other people speak English too. Right, right. It's kind of an international language. But did they know you from the south? Could they tell the difference between somebody from the United States or from the south versus any other place? Did they about your accent or seeing y'all? No. Well, no. You know that that I mean, but when I said Tennessee, would you'd be like you know. They would say Tennessee whiskey, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Elvis, you know, like yeah, that. Is, uh, Kentucky bourbon and Tennessee whiskey, and you know, you know, if they're Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels. You know, yes, they, in fact, everybody I'm, knows Jack Daniels, Elvis. <laughs> but obviously, these people were not country music fans in the Czech Republic. Yeah, right? but they go to except Ireland. for Dolly Parton. Yeah, you go to Ireland, and they love. Uh, oh my gosh! In Ireland, I'm, Switzerland, they have this whole place where all these uh, uh blues artists are because uh oh, we were, yeah. yeah and they have a big picture of uh bb king yeah in they, this one they, hotel he, it was great i mean literally when when people from memphis get off the airplane in paris and the word it's like the paparazzi and some famous movie star in hollywood and they get off the plane here in memphis everybody goes hey how you doing but memphis is that way i mean that would get really fired up over anybody um we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. And we're really are going to talk about, I want to talk about insurance rates because of all the break-ins and the car thefts and home mortgage, or not home mortgages, but home um, insurance okay. for, you, for homeowners. So okay. uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back on a Monday afternoon. Kathy Thurman Edwards is in studio. We've been talking about her trip to Europe, but at some point we have to talk business okay and yes. the business Auto rates are high all the companies have asked for pretty much rate increases and and for a good very good reason they are stealing cars as fast as they can uh they are breaking into cars you look at neighbors at the website you look at the ours that we started here at KWM, uh stop memphis crime every night People's uh, security cameras show guys, guys with their guns out, walking up to people's driveways, checking doors, breaking out windows, stealing stuff. And so it drives everybody's insurance rates up. In fact, we have some friends live in Tipton County and said theirs has gone up and their crime's not even there. But because they're next to Shelby County, theirs is going up. Well, I had a customer who had their car stolen. And he goes back to the base in North Carolina. He was here, and it was stolen in North Carolina. I said, you've got some bad luck. But uh, had one over the weekend, brand-new car. He's had it two days. It was stolen in Nashville. 
Well, it it's, it's nothing everywhere. new. Bill McAtee, who I worked with in Texas, who worked for NBC, then CBS, when he got his network job and went with NBC, he came back to Dallas because that's where he'd been working and picked up his Porsche 911 and took it back to New York. And, and a, a parking place in, in Manhattan is like a, renting an apartment. Right. And it, he, they stole it in two days. And so, you know, it, it's always been there. It's just never been as bad and as prolific as it is in Memphis now. And there are certain cars that are the worst. The Hyundai, the, the Kia. Kia uh, Chargers, and, though. Uh, that, that's because it is uh, such a popular car. Yes. That uh, they want them not just because they want to keep them and drive them, but they want them for the parts. Oh, okay. So they I, st- I can see that, and yeah. then then it becomes the parts department. <laughs> and it's so close now, the way parts are and everything else, your car is more likely to be totaled than not. Yes, because in now I think where you're from, Texas it has to be 100, percent but it's only like 75 percent Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the right my, ratio. My daughter had a Jeep, um, and just had some rear. Somebody ran the back of her rear and damaged, and they totaled the whole car. I said. There's nothing been up but the back catch and the, it's one of the fenders. She goes, oh, I ain't say because of the year model it is. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Totally. And uh, I'm sure somebody bought that car, got a new license for it, fixed the back hatch, sold it as a, a new titled car. Well, you know, the insurance company gets the title and they get their money back at the auctions. The auction, right. Because I, I noticed that, uh, I, I guess I should know that having been doing this 33 years, but I had uh, an Altima years ago, and I kind of uh, dodged a cow and ran through a barbed wire <laughs> fence. And all that was wrong was that it was just like so it's like a giant had taken his nails and, and just scratched sh- it all the way from front to back. It was just a paint job, really. They totaled it. And I noticed, let's say, let's say they totaled it and gave me, look, I'm just, that's so long ago. Let's say they gave me 10 grand for this car, right? right? Well, when it, when it shows how much the payout was, it was only 600 because they were able to make back some of their money by selling the parts, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It doesn't do anything for my rates or anything. Well, it's like, like there's a guy that I know that I bought a set of tires for, for my last car. Uh, he's in Collierville. I think it's called Auto Tech. And this guy buys tires from insurance companies off of yeah. cars that are totaled that the tires are, are in many cases brand new. Mm-hmm. And so he buys them. They're a matching set. And instead of going over here to Costco and paying uh, $2,000 for a set of tires, you pay 450 bucks for four brand new tires. I mean, and, and everybody said, how much did you pay for those tires? I said, uh, 175 bucks for four tires. And, uh, and I said, so, but there's a lot, there's a, huge industry out there that that survives off of uh, the whole car market, the aftermarket. But let's turn that around. If the insurance company put those nice tires on there, you'll be complaining. Well, no, but that's the, what happens. But see, but when they, we can they get stuff that's cheap the, because nothing's wrong with it. But them. the insurance company's trying to recoup as much of their money as possible to keep the rates down. Right. And that's, that's the positive side of that. And then if you take advantage of the fact that they saved the tires, they didn't send those tires to the junkyard. They actually put them back right. in business. So I think there's some good things. What about homeowners insurance? Because of construction costs have gone up so much, are you seeing rates? Well, I see the replacement costs kind of settling a little bit. It, you know, it, I'm, it's still, 
your house would be a million dollars in Middle Tennessee at some of these places. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. So those people are, are kind of like California, uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee, for example. Uh, 1,800, 2,000 square foot house, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars 900000 Wow. It, it's crazy. It's like $300 a square foot. So, but in our area, it's, you know, a little bit, it's a lot easier to live here, folks. But it's a good thing. And because uh, I know just yesterday I noticed that uh, Lisa Marie Presley's house in L.A. sold $4.5 million. And she actually was going to buy it. It was renting it. And they came in and totally refurbished the outdoor cooking area and everything. But because Lisa Marie had lived there when she passed away, they, they sold it in two days after they put it on the market. Wow. And, and that, I mean, it's a, <clears throat> it's a nice house. But in Memphis, that would be a million million dollar house, and part of it was Lisa Marie lived there. But yeah, it's yeah. still it's in L.A., you know, and in the hills, you got a view of the mountains. Uh, but it is ridiculous. In fact, there's so many young people are having a hard time buying the first home. I mean, you insure them. To how many? What's the average age of a young couple coming to you to buy a, a four hundred thousand dollar house? Because that's what they are now. Well, there are a lot of good three hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollar houses still out there too. Uh, High Point is a very popular area yes. for the young people to yep. go. Now, are they overpaying? Probably, but they they they, they love the area. And right? it'll catch so, up because of the, right. all that property, the more houses they go in there and, and redo. redo and fix up, they, it's it's all the comps. that pulls the whole neighborhood up. Right, right. And still, there's a lot of places in, in Midtown, you know, the young people love to uh, move to and they're redoing. Yep. Some of the... Uh, the ones in their 30s, they're taking these older houses and redoing it, and they're just doing an awesome job. Now, that's a little expensive, but, you know, it may take a little while, but they're they're, they're, they're doing some cool things in Midtown and, and around there, too. But, you know, in East Memphis, it's still very popular. Yeah. Oh, I know people in East Memphis are going in and buying homes that you'd love to live in, and they're right. tearing those down and building Oh yeah, mega that's, mansions there. That's, that's what, especially in inside the loop as we say you know do, doing doing a lot of that and you know i've had some people that you know leave memphis move to germantown because of the crime and then they got water and <laughs> it's just what a mess <laughs> it's everywhere we, and we mentioned that and i meant to bring it up uh, the germantown water thing because i'd ask you does your homeowner's insurance pay if you have food loss lost a lot of food in this does it pay? But then you said, well, the, sometimes your deductible is so high that it's not worth it for turning. Yeah, I mean, unless you have a tree or anything in the house, that, you know, by the time you add it up, you may get a dollar of your deductible. So, yeah. you know, unless, wait a minute, what, what did one of my adjust, uh, adjusters say? Unless they got a, a deer and a side of a cow in there, Cassie, <laughs> they're not going to get over their deductible. But it's a good thing to... Put in with your big claim if you've got the tree. Yeah, on the something house else that happened. Water and the wires. And what about the? Because I've had several people on about the Germantown water thing. Water heaters. If water heaters are they contaminated by this Germantown water, or do you know yet? I have it? no idea about the Germantown water. Right. They told me that every time I go on vacation, something happens. I said, yeah. the water happened before I left. <laughs> Don't blame her, Kathy Thurman Edwards. Thank you. That's it for us. We've got to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, same time.